Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be going into episodes 236 through 238, which will cover manga chapters 332 through 336. And we pick up with the emotional cliffhanger of the last few episodes to see how this duel between Luffy and Usopp turns out. And as much as I hate what I'm seeing happen to them, I do really like these episodes. Alrighty, so the synopsis. Usopp and Luffy have their brutal and emotional duel for the right to keep the merry. And after the duel, they go their separate ways. But during the same night, there was an attempt on Iceberg's life, which the Straw Hats are now accused of, while Frankie has also come back to town to get revenge on the Straw Hats. And now they have to defend themselves on multiple fronts while being broken apart. Alright, so differences. Like the last few episodes, these episodes have a few differences, but they're all very minor. Like, for example, in Luffy and Usopp's duel, there is one more added attack that Usopp uses on Luffy, which is the Pepper Star that never appears in the manga. Then there's also a couple smaller little moments, like Chopper worrying about Usopp's health at the inn, and then Zoro kind of just snipping at him, saying to stop talking about him. We also get Nami kind of flashing back to that very moment when he, when she found Usopp on the ground and as well as a couple added scenes while Nami and Usopp are traveling to Iceberg's house. Then there's also an added scene of Sanji and Chopper figuring out that they probably need to warn a certain Usopp about the Aqua Laguna. And then in the anime, they move Iceberg's inner dialogue about trying to piece together whether the Straw Hats really had anything to do with the, with the murder attempt or whether they're working with the government and in the anime they move this particular moment to after Polly accuses Luffy as opposed to in the manga this appears right after the shipwrights leave the room to confront Luffy. I imagine most of these things were just to kind of pad out some time so that the episodes would fill up the full half hour or whatever 22 minutes that they need to focus on. Alright, so let's get into the episodes themselves. So when I originally got to this point in the manga, I was on pins and needles, wondering how Oda was going to play this duel out, because we obviously know that Usopp is no match for Luffy. However, Usopp seems so determined and even somewhat confident, unlike his normal self, it throws you off a little bit. And I honestly could not have predicted just how incredible Oda is at balancing their skills and strengths while also keeping the pace of the fight kind of ebbing and flowing so well for, you know, maximum engagement as well as playing up every emotional response in us as the reader or viewer. And needless to say, this duel blew me away at how it played out and how unexpected everything was. From the previous episode, we pick right back up. Right away, we're reminded of the very beginning to when we, as the reader and viewer, as well as the Straw Hats, all first met Usopp in Sirat Village and at the same time also reminding us how we got the going merry. And one thing I like about what Usopp says is how he's been with Luffy a long time, and unlike his past opponents who know nothing about Luffy and tend to underestimate him, Usopp is very aware of Luffy's strengths and weaknesses as well as to not underestimate him one bit. But then he starts off with his trademark 8,000 men lie, as well as starting off with Usopp's spell, but the only one that it actually works on is Chopper with Zoro sarcastically telling him to go to the cabin. Adding a little bit of levity to this really tense and emotional situation. We find that this was to annoy Luffy and goad him into charging in closer when he then fakes coughing up blood playing on Luffy's emotions. But it turns out that it was his ketchup star. 
And this really catches Luffy off guard. And then we get a huge shocker as Usopp pulls out a dial. And he uses the flash dial to blind Luffy like a flashbang. And it's when it that's when it dawns on you that this isn't going to be a normal Usopp fight. Like, I remember that I forgot all about the dials he got from Skypea and thinking, holy shit, this fight is not only going to be anything like we've imagined. Usopp is way more powered up thanks to all those dials he got. And he immediately throws Luffy off by pelting him with rotten eggs with the egg star and the Tabasco star messing with Luffy's senses and ability to concentrate, which then leads him to fall into the Caltrop hell. And it's now immediately clear that this will not be as one-sided as anyone had thought. Usopp is actually holding his own against Luffy with these new dials and the tools that he, you know, he has, as well as just being sneaky and tactical to keep Luffy constantly off balance because... It's true, Luffy needs a lot of startup and a lot of his moves rely on the fact that he needs to basically gear them up. And then, you know, while Luffy can tank a lot of damage, his attacks lose a lot of their effectiveness if he can't properly set himself to launch any of those attacks. Usopp continues to go after Luffy's senses with the Pepper Star, and then he unleashes an awesome new called Shuriken Ryu Seigun or Shuriken Shooting Star launching a bunch of razor-sharp shurikens at Luffy in rapid succession. But again, Usopp is several steps ahead, as he knows Luffy is too fast to get hit by any of these, but they were in fact to push him towards an area of the battlefield where he had set a breath dial spewing out gas, which Luffy was unable to notice due to his senses being dulled from the flash, the pepper, and the eggs, which he then ignites into a massive explosion with the flame star. And this doesn't seem to have too much effect on Luffy, However, in the manga, Luffy is much more beat up, I feel like. His his like skin is much more burnt a little bit, and he's a little bit more dirtier. So he does look like he's more affected in the manga than he is in the anime here. But still, nonetheless, it's it gets the point across. And this scene hurts us so much as we reminisce all the happy times with Usopp, Luffy, and the Mary. Between the memories, the music, and the image of the Mary crying at what she's seeing happen to the family that she loves so much due in part from the waves caused by the explosions is just insanely heartbreaking. Like the Mary herself is actually seeing this and crying. And it's here you kind of start to see that there may be some truth to Soap's claim that the Mary has a will of her own as well. But that shot of Mary crying is always just so sad. And this is starting to get really ugly and really hard to watch as they go into the next phase of the duel, but Usopp still has a bunch of tricks up his metaphorical sleeves since he doesn't actually have sleeves. However, Luffy manages to get a hit on him while Usopp is down. He goes in for a finishing Gomu Gomu no Bazooka, but to everyone's shock, Usopp absorbs it with a mother-freaking-impact dial. Then immediately unleashes the full power of his own attack back at Luffy's face face as we get the scene that's shown in the opening and at this point you're like holy shit Usopp you're actually pretty freaking badass with all these dials at your disposal and this obviously hits Luffy hard but of course the shock and recoil from one of Luffy's finishing attacks really does affect Usopp quite heavily as well however this seemed like a last ditch effort Usopp has and he's got nothing left in the tank and Luffy is still standing which of course he is I mean He's Luffy. Then Luffy charges a Gomu Gomu no bullet and hits Usopp squarely in the gut. 
And this is just so painful to watch, especially seeing the other's reactions. Nami can't even stand to watch. Chopper is just freaking out. Sanji is doing his best to watch it all the way through, but you can clearly see the horror on his face at what he's seeing unfold in front of him. And of course, Zoro just kind of stands there so stoically. But I mean, you can pretty much tell that this is also pretty hard for him to watch too as Usopp doubles over and just kind of slumps down. I mean, when you think about, yeah, the beginning with Syrup Village and the East Blue saga and you just and you see where they're at now and you just witnessed Luffy just knock down Usopp like that, it's, yeah, you really can't believe what you're seeing and you don't know what to think, you know? It's just really hard to see this crew who has been together for so long just crumble apart like this. I remember just getting, like, really, like, just kind of numb at seeing this and just horror like what is going to happen going forward like how is how are they going to recover from something like this i mean luffy won but this brings him to his knees screaming at him in frustration that there was no way that he could have won and i and i always saw this as luffy angry at usopp and himself that luffy had no choice to on you know but to honor usopp's challenge as a warrior but at the same time he hated the fact because the outcome was already decided and essentially he was forced to beat up one of his best friends in his nakama and it really pains him. And even though he won, Luffy hands the going merry to Usopp with the, you know, a flood of memories as Luffy says goodbye. Chopper then wants to treat Usopp but Sanji stops him as he makes Chopper realize just how humiliating being shown mercy as a loser from the victor's team could be. Chopper obviously still cares so much for Usopp and his duty as a doctor is still there as well, but decides to just leave the medical supplies for Usopp and runs away crying. Then we get one, one of the more iconic moments in the series where we see for the first time just how hard this hits Luffy. As he's failing to hold back tears, he utters, this is really tough. But I just kind of want to point out the translation here because in Japanese, he uses a single word here. So in Japanese, he says, omoi which translates to heavy, as in this is heavy. And it, sign- it I think it conveys more the fact that this is a very heavy emotional weight to bear as the captain and as what he just did. And I feel like this applies more because as a captain, you have to bear so much responsibility and the weight of everyone on your crew. And so when Zoro reminds Luffy that that's what it means to be a captain, I feel like it makes more sense here. Not that tough is the wrong word, but I just think it's a small and subtle change that takes away a little bit of the metaphor and meaning. But Zoro lecturing Luffy what it means to be a captain is a huge moment for Zoro as well, as Zoro is there to help Luffy when he begins to falter or needs support as a captain yet again. And in this moment, Luffy needs Zoro more than ever, and he's there to sternly tell him what he needs to become and takes over for Luffy, giving the orders to the others to clear out the Merry for Usopp. And even Sanji here just complies without saying anything as he understands that this is the chain of command. This scene is so depressing and sad with the piano score, which is the only thing we hear as we see Luffy like we've never seen before, struggling to hold back uncontrollable tears as we also see Usopp in a flood of tears on the ground as well. I mean, this is the end of an era, essentially. And that was just one episode. I mean, that was... Yeah, episode 235 is easily one of the more memorable episodes because of this fact that it's such a huge moment and such a earth-shattering moment in the series. The next episode begins the next morning with the shocking news that there was an assassination attempt on Iceberg 
which has the whole city in an uproar. The Straw Hats have taken a room at one of the hotels in town, but the crew is still reeling from last night's events. With Robin's whereabouts still unknown, Sanji had been keeping an eye out for her all night in case she went back to the Mary. Sanji and Chopper decide to go out looking for Robin while Nami comes bursting in to tell Luffy about the news of Iceberg. We get a few more details about the attempted assassination, but I think the thing that really stands out that keeps getting mentioned is that Iceberg is so admired in Water 7 that there really shouldn't be anyone that would want to hurt him. And the only person that would even remotely be a suspect is Frankie, but he obviously has an alibi as it's clear, you know, that, that he's just arriving into town from using the money that he stole from Usopp and the Straw Hats. I remember my initial thoughts immediately went to the world government as, you know, that's what they, oh, you know, Oda has been setting up for, at least he's been dropping hints for. And, you know, in order to get whatever that they wanted to get when they threatened him earlier. Clearly, you know, that is what's being set up. And even Lulu voices this as, you know, as what we all suspect at this point. Then we get a scene of Frankie's reaction to discovering that the Frankie house has been demolished and he is pissed to the point where he takes his mask off and we almost get to see his full face revealed. But the Straw Hats now have another huge problem on their hands as Frankie is now on the hunt for them as well. And as if that wasn't enough, we get a cute but ominous scene with Kokoro, Chimney, and Gombe at the sea train station that there is some sort of a nautical event called the Aqua Laguna, a storm surge essentially causing a big-ass wave that crashes into the island and submerges most of the city underwater temporarily. And I actually love this next scene that's not necessarily in the manga, but it's when Chopper and Sanji are trying to figure out where Robin might go, and so they try and think about her personality and what her likes are. But all they can think of are like simple things like ruins, and it's just like <laughs> they come to realize how little they know of Robin, which, you know, it actually kind of also serves as a double purpose as the fact that can they really still trust Robin because they know so little about her? And this will play into later on's reveal. Back at the Galila company, as Luffy and Nami try to figure out a way to get inside to contact Iceberg, Frankie makes his grand appearance in a very flashy and loud way, demanding to know where Luffy is. And we finally get our full reveal of Frankie. And his design is definitely something else. It is incredibly strikingly bright blue hair in a very Ace Ventura-like huge pompadour style. And it's, he's pretty much nude aside from a Hawaiian shirt and a Speedo. And this character's design is on par with Buggy and Mr. Two in terms of ridiculousness, but I love it. I do remember when I first saw this design without the color in the manga, I thought he looked so weird. You know, not bad, but I also didn't think it looked all that good. But once I saw it in color, my opinion definitely changed quite a bit. However, Luffy, upon learning that this is Frankie himself, also has a bone to pick with him for beating up Usopp and immediately makes it known that he's Luffy picking a fight with him. And oh man, do we want to see Luffy kick this guy's ass. Like for what he did to Usopp and what he's done to the Straw Hats, our beloved crew. But before we can see them go at it, we cut inside to the Galila company to get word from Khalifa that Iceberg has regained consciousness, but he drops a massive bombshell on the other employees of the Galila company and us, the readers and viewers, that the people who tried to assassinate him was a huge masked man, as well as Robin herself, 
And the first thing that crosses your mind is this can't possibly be right. Why would Robin try and assassinate him? And even if it was really her, there had to have been some reason like she was being coerced to doing it or that Iceberg is secretly a villain or something trying to frame them. But for what it's worth, when I first read this, I initially thought she was being coerced by that big dude in the mask that initially took her from everybody, which is the CP9 guy. Everyone eventually puts it together that she's part of the Straw Hats and now blame shifts to the entire crew with the shipwrights looking to apprehend the Straw Hats and question them, particularly Luffy. Now we get back to the Frankie versus Luffy fight and Frankie truly has a unique power set in One Piece as we come to find out. He's something I didn't think we'd ever see in a story about pirates and it's kind of a good thing. But yeah, Frankie is a cyborg. Like, what is a cyborg doing in this story about pirates? But Oda has done it again and outdone himself in terms of creativity. And Frankie's got a bunch of different tricks hidden in his body, like the ability to spit fire and fire his metal fists at people, not too dissimilar from the way Luffy does his gomu gomu no pistol. And we also see that Frankie is definitely no pushover as he can guard Luffy's attacks as well as have an arsenal of other weapons hidden inside his body body like a a machine gun in his left hand and he's i presumably he's like metal which is why he could withstand Usopp's like flame star like it was nothing as well as luffy's like gomu gomu attacks cut in between this fight though we get a really cute scene of chopper and sanji kind of dancing around the fact that they want to warn Usopp of the aqua laguna without actually saying it so they come up with a really like lame excuse of Chopper forgetting something on the Mary that they have to go back for and maybe they happen to also tell Usopp of the fact that he should probably find safe ground. Getting back to the fight though, before it can continue, the Galila company shows up to put a stop to the fight and this gets pretty bad as they're also insanely strong as we've seen in the past. Both Luffy and Frankie get manhandled for a bit but neither really take all that much damage. However, being fed up with being attacked for no reason, Luffy finally yells out to them to at least tell them why they're attacking him all of a sudden. To which they tell them that Robin and they're accused of the attempted assassination of Iceberg. Things have now gone from bad to worse as they now have the Frankie family, the Galila company, and the entire city of Water 7 against them while they're all already broken apart as a crew. And you look at the scenario and you're just on the edge of your seat wondering how the heck are they going to get out of this? And during all this, I remember thinking they have to find Robin. She's the key to all this and figuring out what is going on. But it's interesting to, to think back to. I remember reading this and you're kind of led to believe that Frankie is going to be the villain of this arc. But at the same time, you don't really get that sense. I don't know what it is, but even at the time, I remember thinking to myself, like, Frankie just doesn't seem like he's A, strong enough and menacing enough to be the main villain. But at the same time, it's like, well, who else would be the villain? Because usually by this point in the arc, the villain has at least shown up and is established. And at this point, I feel like the the arc just doesn't quite have a villain yet. Frankie seems more like just a, a minor obstacle, more so than an actual main villain. And yeah, I mean, I think I think there is more to this story, obviously. But we'll talk a little bit about that in the spoiler section. Anyways, if you did enjoy this, send me a like or comment. If you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at SunnyGoPodcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes or see pictures of my manga collection. As always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. 
and stay tuned for a very tiny spoiler section. But if you're not interested in that, stay safe out there and I hope to see you all on the next episode. Bye. Alrighty, so very small spoiler section here. And I think one thing that I wanted to talk about is the Mary and, you know, the idea that Mary has her own spirit, which, you know, we come to find out that she does. The Club Outer Man spirit, that, that thing that comes out of the Mary and the fact that the Mary later on talks to the crew when she comes to save them. And then when she says goodbye during her funeral, the Mary has her own spirit and her own will. And so this crying scene is just that much more powerful because she actually is crying there. Like that's not just like a sim a symbolic thing where the water just kind of happens to run off the eye of the figurehead. It's actually Mary crying. And it's just that scene becomes so much sadder that the Mary is watching Luffy and Usopp just beat the crap out of each other and just destroying their their crew and their family. And so yeah. And I and again while that scene is sad, it makes the return so much more impactful and cathartic. And yeah, I honestly cannot wait to talk about those scenes with later on when we see Usopp coming to the realization that, yeah, the Mary is done. And when Frankie gets rid of the Mary or supposedly gets rid of her. And then obviously the flashback with Iceberg saving the Mary one last time. I mean, that scene, just thinking about it makes me tear up when, when the Mary's asking Iceberg to repair her one last time and how she just goes off to save them and then when she does return like i cannot believe just how amazing that moment is but not to get too far ahead of myself because we'll definitely get to those episodes when when we get to them the other thing i kind of wanted to talk about was frankie himself you know i, I frankie is an interesting character especially re-watching these episodes knowing the fact that frankie becomes a crew member and you watch these like early episodes and you're thinking to yourself, man, I did not put one and one together or two and two together because you really it is really a surprise when Frankie becomes a crew member, especially at that moment at the NES lobby when you finally realize that, yeah, Frankie is going to be a crew member. He's getting his own one on one fight. And it really like recontextualizes everything you've seen up until this point, like like again, with with the whole uh, Frankie House scene with him sort of kind of beating up on Usopp and then again him fighting Luffy. But I think Oda manages to balance that really well into making sure that, yeah, we hate Frankie, but at the same time, he doesn't do anything too egregious that we end up hating him so much that we can't forgive him when he does, in fact, join. And Frankie, you know, for his part, he becomes a very, like, charming character in his own right. So you really don't have a problem, especially with that scene that that really helps is when he and Usopp actually get to sit down and talk about the going Mary and how he basically saves Usopp from the Aqua Laguna. But yeah, again, we'll get to those scenes when they actually organically come up in the episodes. But yeah, that's pretty much all I really wanted to talk about in the spoiler section. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.